0: Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to the Inspired Choices Network. You are listening to Financially Speaking with your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And every week we come together on Monday night and we talk about something financial, whether it's uh, explaining something that's out there or whether we get to introduce you to new people and new topics. Uh, All the show topics come from recommendations from people, either when I see them in my practice or when I see family and friends and they ask me questions that's where all of them come from so any topic that you would like covered uh, anything that you're you know a little bit confused about or maybe you feel like you need a little bit of clarification on uh, whether it's what kind of mortgages you have or how to save on bank fees or anything like that uh, send them in and we will get them uh, scheduled into the show Uh, we'll do some work on it and we'll get that played so that I can answer any of those questions for you. Um, that's what we do here the topics are for you because I really believe that people have every ability to understand their own stuff and really that's all you have to understand it's the stuff that you see on tv that confuses people uh, trying to keep track of the kardashian houses and how many boats and yachts and all that other stuff that they have Um, it's not relevant to our lives but it does confuse people so just once you get control of your own stuff it gets actually kind of fun So that's what this show is for. Uh, The Inspired Choices Network is here to help people in a holistic way. If there's a topic that you need some support on, then plug yourself in. There's the hosts that that help with uh, business planning and coaching and business management, uh, relationship advice, uh, child rearing, uh, all kinds of topics that uh, you can get some support with. Uh, Plug yourself in and... uh, reach out to the hosts because they're all very easy to to talk to and answer questions. If you have a specific question, and if you can't join us live on Mondays and you can't get in the chat room to post questions, then you can download the app on your Android or on the um, Apple system. So you can just go in and download that app absolutely free, the inspired choices network app. And if you want to join us live, you can do it live from your app right in the chat room and you can post your questions. They come right into us. And, um, if you can't, then you can always review it later and all the shows and all the hosts are on there. So you're welcome to, uh, look them up anytime on any of the over 250 platforms that it's repodcast on. So download the app. It's absolutely free and it's super, super easy to use. And like I get every once in a while, I get to get special guests come on the show. And we're doing that series we launched last week for uh, International Women's Day, which comes up in March. And from now until then, we're going to feature some women that are pretty spectacular and have some very cool um, input into the business world. And uh, with all businesses, finances come up. And you have to do something with finances. And tonight's really cool because not only is Brenda a friend of mine, but she's got a very cool job that I had never heard of before we met. So I wanna, I'm going to bring Brenda in. And Brenda Cole is our guest. She's here for the night. Uh, she's been operating a curious greenhouse business for 20 years. Her primary goal is to help plant breeders from around the world secure intellectual property on their new flowering annuals and shrubs. Or any plant that comes her way. Brenda spent her early years in Ottawa. After graduating from Carleton University with a degree in biology, she entered the workforce for several years before earning her master's of science from the University of Guelph. And then in 2002, Brenda started her own business. And her business is called Bioflora, where she continues to work on intellectual Property for her customers as an intellectual property specialist, which I think is super cool. Uh, Brenda (laughs) loves growing flowers for her friends, traveling, a good book, and is a bike and ski enthusiast. So, welcome, Brenda, to the show. Hi,
2: Kathy. What a lovely intro. And um, also, same as you had to look at what I was doing, I looked up the network and what an incredible platform. So, I'm happy to join you today.
1: Awesome. Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's a great place. And uh, it's really got the, the right approach, I think, to bringing people together to really make things better in their lives and better in the world overall. Uh, You know, one, one (laughs) show, one post at a time. (laughs) But uh, so when I, I, so I love flowers, and I am just, you know, I'm, I'm like a, a total, total rookie when it comes to flowers. But I love them. And I always have loved them. And I've loved gardening and everything, but uh, learning what you do is so cool because I didn't know anybody did that. Like I had no idea <laughs> what happened. Like flowers just show up. Like how did right? <laughs> but for the rest of the world, they have no idea. It goes through a very serious procedure to get them to the stores or get them in your gardens. So maybe start if sharing a little bit about how you got to get got involved and where you're at and. Uh, tell people who are just joining us that maybe haven't met you um, sure. how you got to be involved in that part of the world.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll start with the interesting stuff first. So what I'm doing with the plants is it's a, it's a branding part of a branding process. So not all plants go through intellectual property. Only only certain companies who want to have a strong brand and want to protect their genetics is really what it is. So. Um, But I got really lucky in life, you know, I always loved plants, I was sort of um, one of those people who would go into the woods and name everything and stick them in pieces of paper and squish them and put their, their science, scientific name and then I um, landed a job in the government where I was like an examiner of intellectual property so I learned the ropes by working in the government for a good 10 years which was really important because um, I'm a botanist. I have a degree in, in botany and agriculture, but I don't have a law degree. And so there's an interesting component to my job in that I have to do a lot of legal uh, work in the sense that it's intellectual property. So I'm, I, need to, um, I needed to learn all of the different regulations that are behind protecting plants. So my 10 years in the government landed me that experience where I learned all the legal framework for the for doing intellectual property on plants. And then I jumped out and moved to the farm and started my own business where I helped clients, helped breeders uh, submit documents to the government. So I kind of worked on one side of the fence and then I jumped over.
1: That's so. cool. And you've been doing that for like eight years or so now on your own? Oh. The job
2: here, it's like I've been doing, so I worked in the government in my 20s, right? And then I did that for 10 years. I did a bunch of jobs in between, maybe two or three jobs in between. And then I started on the farm. I've been doing this for pretty well, twenty, like from the government in this 25, 30 years, it feels like. (laughs) (laughs) A long time.
1: And you still love what you do. And you still love it.
2: I love, you know, it's a really... Well, in the summertime, so I have a cat that's like sitting right beside me and attacking me, but um, yeah, it's, it's the best of both worlds. I get to grow flowers and I get to grow new flowers, right? So it, just think about a fashion designer. Every year they put out a new list of fashions. Well, plant breeders do the same thing. Every year they put out a new color of petunia or a, a different speckled geranium, and that's the kind of work that I do. So every year I get to see what's new, right? pretty fun and and part yeah go ahead I was
1: going to ask you too are are you part of naming that or do they name it themselves
2: yeah that all comes from the client my my job is really a regulatory sort of position where I'm I'm their person in Canada to work through the Canadian government process which is a really unique and different process it's not I mean these plant breeders are introducing their varieties all over the world right so they have people like me in the states and in europe and africa i mean there's these brands are sold all over the world yeah
1: that is so cool and <laughs> what does your season start with like how do you have a season where you go you know from april to august or whatever like for sure how does do yeah
2: yeah i mean i'm lucky in that i don't have i don't make my living off selling plants right but I have to grow with the plants around the same sort of season as greenhouses so I start in March but if I was like a true greenhouse person I'd probably be going a lot earlier than now but um, right now I'm doing documentation and paperwork right so every every patent that every plant variety that I work on in the greenhouse has another two three four hours of work behind it right So my winters are spent just finishing up 2021. (laughs) I'm almost there. I got about another week still. I'm still doing 2021. But so I'll start my, right now I've ordered all my plants, right? So that's the fun thing. It's like anybody who is into growing seeds, you know, you sit down with your catalogs and I sit down with my client list. And then I kind of, one of the interesting parts of my job is I grow the new things, the new varieties, but the Canadian government also asks us to compare what's new to what's existing on the market. Cause we're, the law only allows new varieties. So a, a client can't come up with the same pink petunia that's already on the market. They have to, and so that's my job. My job is to show the government that the new one is different from. So when I order plants, I get to not only get the stuff from the client that's new but I get to look back in the catalogs to see what what's the best reference. It's fun. It's
1: like, a, that's cool. And there's not a lot of people around that do what you do in in Canada, is there?
2: No, it's not. It's um, we what's kind of fun or what's great about Canada is that there's a pile of us, but we all have our little departments. So I do a lot of annuals and I have a big flowering shrub component. I don't do perennials. So the guy who does perennials lives in Ottawa and then vegetables there's a fellow out east who does all the potatoes and then fruit trees there's a company in somewhere in near Kelowna and, you know like I have a, you know I have a company that helps me do all my berry trials out in BC so we all if I get a client that has a blueberry usually I send them to the guy out east or west or somewhere but I never get a potato though you know it's it's we're a very small group of people. You're waiting for me to die.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty. No, that's, that's cool. Uh, I've seen your greenhouses and it's a, it keeps you going. Like when you get going in the summer, you're out in the greenhouse pretty much every day, aren't you? Pretty. Yep.
2: So all of June, I live in the greenhouse and most of May. So May, June, and then July, I'm just trying to get rid of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) You know, the annuals like petunias, those those plants I'm pretty much through all the testing by mid-June. And then it's the shrubs. So then I then I move into the hydrangea and anything that flowers in the summer. So we'll see hydrangea and then some spireas. I don't even know what I'm doing this year. <laughs> I have my list, but I know. I have the list, but I haven't gone through it.
1: You're still focused on 21.
2: <laughs> that's right. We should have done this next week.
1: <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> oh no, that's cool. That's that's perfect actually, because uh, people I don't think people realize, I sure didn't, how much how much paperwork there is involved for once you get all the plants, it's not just grow the plants, send them out. Like you got a, an awful lot of exciting paperwork to do. <laughs>
2: So well said, Kathy. No, it's not that onerous. But um, it's the kind of thing I, I don't know if you have jobs where you wish you had the time when you started it to finish it, because your mind is on the matter. So the hard part about doing it now is that I based it's based on documents I started in the summer. So if I was having a bad day, my handwriting's really cuckoo. It's a tough, oh. tough file. <laughs> I'm in, the, I'm in the greenhouse with all the paper right so when I'm writing it all the documents on paper but yeah and then cool. yeah and then and then the whole thing gets published so all the work that we do here in St. Thomas gets published on the Canadian government website so you can actually see all of the plants that I work on.
1: Oh that's cool. That's very that's cool. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's very cool. Um, so we're up to our first break of the night so we're going to take our first break, and when you when we come back, uh, I'm going to ask you about uh, what you would do uh, differently, or uh, maybe what you wish you had known then that you know now, getting into business. Uh, so don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathy Cook Noble, and our special guest tonight is Brenda Cole. She's with us for the hour. She is a very unique botanist that that deals in intellectual property. And she's kind of like the Wizard of Oz of plants where she sees all (laughs) the stuff that we don't see. And we're going to pull the curtain back and see it ourselves a little bit tonight. Don't go anywhere. You'll You'll be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. 2 p.m. Mountain and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspireChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspire Choices Network I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and our special guest tonight is Brenda Cole. She is a botanist, and she she is the one that gets to stamp all the intellectual property to, to say whether or not a, a plant basically gets to come into the market. <laughs> and uh, it's, she's got a lot of control. I, I like to think she's got a lot of control. She,
2: she I know. You're, you're missing. No, no. That, I don't have control over the market. I just have control over whether they get a, a what they call a plant breeders rights it's it's just allows um developers to protect their their plants from other people stealing them basically right yeah.
1: it's like
2: a it's like a patent yeah
1: yeah how would you but know if you went into a store how do you know is it is there something the, or
2: yeah there's a tag so um it's a funny market in Canada because There's a lot of big players, big breeders, and um, there's a, and what happens is not all the breeders do use the intellectual property system in Canada. So, but if you look at a tag, you can flip side it and they'll say plant patent, they'll say PBR Canada, you can see on the tag, usually they indicate. If that particular plant's gone through the system, most of them go through the American system. So, in the U.S., because of the market size, it's it's a worthy um, task for plant breeders to put the money through um, the American system. But in Canada, they're less. It's a smaller market here, and therefore less chances of them losing control of their genetics, right? It's a bit of, it's a chance, I guess, a bit of risk. Right? So I think most breeders don't, um, yeah, they only, only the really big players are are spending the money to protect their varieties in Canada. And so, so you'll see it on the tag, this, on those giant tags that you throw away when you buy your plants.
1: <laughs> I used to keep those and stick them in the ground in front of where yeah. my plants were. So, yeah. So I remember what they were. Uh, and then I put them in my little book because I had this, That's- my, my book that I draw drew out my land, my, my house and my (laughs) garden. I was like, I was one of those. I I always. That's okay. Everybody does that. Those names
2: are hard to remember, right? Yeah.
1: (laughs) But I love the flowers. I try and be like, Oh yeah, I like that. Get that next year or whatever. Um, But you mentioned the pink petunias. What happens to someone, say somebody has that brand, right. And uh, somebody else, produces the same plant it's like a patent so is this something where they would have to pull their like recall their plants or whatever and not be able to sell them or give a part of the payment to the person who owns the patent like how does that work
2: exactly that so I've never had what we call an infringement case with the plants that I work with but that's exactly what happens so if I have I mean if the breeder chooses to protect and pay, you know, pay the cost to get intellectual property on a particular pink petunia. If someone comes into the market afterwards, like, and tries to market something that's very similar, or the, then then the breeder can go after that person for they can stop them from selling the plant, and they can collect. Usually, usually the situation that breeders are trying to to um, prevent or protect themselves from is actually people stealing their genetics propagating it and selling it without payment back so the system's really designed to prevent people from taking that particular petunia and propagating up a million cuttings in your greenhouse because it's really easy to propagate plants right you just take a cutting from the leaf stick it in the soil have some yeah I know for me it seems simple so the systems for two things. It's to prevent people from stealing your plant and propagating it and as well to make sure that a new variety coming on the market that's identical, close to identical, can't can't happen. Now you're right, it goes into court. So it would go to court to prove okay. that that it's the same.
1: So I know this isn't exactly what you do, but I'm curious. With within the last couple of years, that whole cannabis market came on. And they mm. do have very specific when you read about them. Like I, I read about them for the money side, obviously, but there's very specific, like this brand is with, you know, this particular company and stuff. Is that the same idea? And they would have to go through an intellectual property kind of yeah.
2: I I um haven't been following. I do have some I have some hemp varieties in my list of plants that I'm working with. I don't have any marijuana plants per se um and what i am surprised is that the system isn't being used by these guys so they would be using other forms of intellectual property like trademarks to kind of gain some sort of traction in the market so um i'm not sure why they're not using ip in canada maybe it's just too complicated it's yeah, I'll I'll be interested to see how I do with the hemp varieties. It's a very complicated plant. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the is boys and the girls on our different on our on different plants. And then, yeah, we'll find out.
1: Is that just for hemp plants that there's a male and a female or is that for every plant?
2: Um you have lots of trees that have male plants and female plants yeah it's it's not uncommon in the plant kingdom to have your boys and girls separate it's not the it's not the most dominant form of um pollinating tactics you know because you it's all I mean then you're going to send me off on a tangent about why plants do things differently right because if you think about a dandelion it's got the best strategy right do it all on your do it all in one plant and then send out a zillion babies and your genetics will prosper and continue whereas if you have your if you have your plants in different um, organisms if they're separated from each other creating creating the next generation is a little bit more tricky (laughs) but they
1: do it okay that's cool because it's not it's fascinating like there to me there's just so much behind the scenes that you don't just here's the plant go stick it in the ground. So <laughs> to to yeah, people d- like me or, right, the retail customer would be like, oh, I got a plant I can put it in the ground and boom it grows. But to get well, that you know, plant like,
2: holly plants are like that too, right? So remember Holly, the ones put the little red yeah. red berry. You, you have to have male and female plants. We have one in front of our house. Mu- yeah, well, you must have two. Because <laughs> yes.
0: it, it won't show be able to time.
2: produce a, I know, I will. Come have a look. But um, I, I planted a whole row of hollies and realized I only had one, you know, not enough males and way too many females. It's
1: oh. <laughs> a whole other show yeah. about dating, but, you know. <laughs> I know, right? Like,
2: let's do that next. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know.
1: So if you weren't doing this, what, what do you think you'd be doing? You'd be doing something in the the plant world?
2: Well, I mean, that's the question. once you start your own business, it's really hard to jump out. Yeah um, you know, with intellectual property every every variety that I finish has a lifetime of eighteen years. so I'm, st- I'm still managing files that I started eighteen years ago. Oh wow. It's curious. yeah, so the Canadian government has a system if you if you successfully get your variety what we call it has a plant breeders rights it has rights in Canada you have to you can um, maintain those rights for up to 18 years now actually the new rules are 20 so uh, my 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 language is a bit off because uh, originally when I started my job it was 18 and then they had a regulatory change but what that means is I'm still actively paying fees for files that I've had on on the docket for 18 years 20 years yeah so it's hard to jump out I can't jump out
1: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So what happens at that 18 and 20 year mark? Do they have to renew it with you? Like you have to renew it for them to keep the Mm -hmm. intellectual property or? Uh,
2: After, so every year it's an annual renewal system. So I every year manage a renewal fee. And at the end of 18 years, it basically goes into the public domain. It's no longer protected. So at that point, you know, certain certain types of crops like apples for example it takes a long time for an apple variety to get traction in a market so some it has a the government of canada gives it 25 years it gives it a longer protection status because it takes longer to get a fruit a fruit variety to get a lot of sort of sales but eventually when it goes public what some folks do is they create really strong trademarks during so they're Intellect. So, they have plant protection, but then they create a brand on the name. And so, after the IP defaults after 20 years for me, they still have their trademark going. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Very cool. I yeah.
2: you know. That's why the naming of plants is really important, right? Because you have two types of way of protecting them protect the genetics so people can't sort of steal your genetics. And then you protect your brand, right? By giving it a trademark.
1: Yeah. Huh. Wow. Very cool and you don't do the trademark part do you you just you're no no
2: i i could but there's way too much it's just another yeah it's it's another system i i think with trademarks there's so much um uh it's just another i would never want there's a lot of research and you have to sort of do a lot of checking to be sure you're not using somebody else's trademark i don't have the the resources to manage that so but I certainly follow
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got enough to do anyway, right?
2: Yeah. It's not growing a plant. I was like, that's another type of paperwork.
1: (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. All right. We're up to our second break. So we're going to take our, I know, it goes fast. Uh, (laughs) Well, it can go fast when you've got somebody interesting on. Other times, you know, it doesn't go fast. But we always try and keep it interesting here. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) Kathy. So we're going to take our second break of the night. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Brenda about what she wishes she knew then that she knows now when she started her business. Uh, And some of the the things just in general about business that uh, because her industry is pretty specific. uh, But what you wanted to know in business that you didn't know then. So don't go anywhere. We are going to be right back with Brenda Cole on Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathy cook and we'll be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspirechoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and our special guest tonight is Brenda Cole, She is a botanist and specializes in intellectual property for the plant kingdom. And uh, she's one of the she's got she's one of the very few in her field, which is kind of cool. And um, I'm maybe a little bit scary. I'm not sure. But uh, (laughs) I want to what do you do when you have a question? Like, um, is there anyone that you you Like you wouldn't have started, like, you know how businesses start out. And I want to ask you what, you know, what would you do different if you knew then what you know now, but a lot of businesses start out and they have coaches or mentors or something like that, or they have somebody that they can, an an unofficial mentor. I I don't, I'm guessing you wouldn't really have that.
2: It's funny. You're exactly correct. I would say that's what we all needed when we start our businesses, but Absolutely, I was just flying by the seat of my pants because there was absolutely no framework for what I do here in Canada. However, um, there are different testing programs worldwide. So I had had visited a lot of different testing programs. I mean, because I'd worked in the government, I was familiar with um, how the testing was done in Europe. I'd spent a lot of time traveling through the different testing agencies as a government person, like when I was an employee. So I knew how the masters did it, because in the testing was done by big, huge government agencies in in Germany and the Netherlands and everywhere. There's they were these testing programs. So I spent a lot of time sort of gathering knowledge while I worked for the government. And then when I moved here to St. Thomas and started we put up our own greenhouses, we had um, we pretty, it was we had an idea what we had to do, but. There was no you're right, there was no one to financially kind of wrap my head around things so i I think today there'd be more resources available, but at the time, if I look back i I know there was probably very little I could do to kind of um, have someone assist us with our with our business but um, absolutely I had a lot of different greenhouses I could go and watch how they did their production because I'm not a greenhouse expert. So I I visited greenhouses down in the Niagara area. I have a lot of big propagators down there that I knew and they helped me pick out the, the equipment that I needed and just gave me the confidence that you'd need to feel like you had a good setup to do what I was doing. So, but financially, yeah, I wish I I, I wish I had a lot more of that at the beginning. I you know, just sat down and took whatever I could from across the world, look at their price structures and try to ballpark myself quite low. I think I just, yeah, I, I, I feel for anybody starting their own business that it comes often from a place of interest and passion. I had no financial or business acuity. <laughs> you know it was just I had a good idea and I could do it and there was a huge need for this business here in Canada when I started so you know we we um, set off and off we went with the races Um, I think I've talked to you a little bit like now that I've been doing it for 20 years the hard part is knowing that I probably didn't have a great fee structure and so trying to kind of I mean it's a great business but passing it on now, you're like, people will say, Oh, you're not charging enough. And I'm like, well, I think I'm doing okay, but there's all, it's, it's like, you're right. I don't know how to, I don't even know having said it out loud who could have mentored me through that. Yeah. But I know. So, and so, go ahead. No, I, I just feel for people in the same situation. I, I, if I was to sort of, it probably required taking the time just to talk to your business banking guy or somebody in small business who could help frame your situation for you but like you know why you know should I have copied the, the business structure from the German government and those are the sort of weird questions I had to start with was you know I always you just always I think lowball yourself when you start business because I was so grateful to actually be growing plants for a living right I had so much gratitude to my clients for hiring me I was like one of those sort of oh you're gonna hire me right on I feel so happy here's the deal of your life you know so I I, I think I was like that until 2008 when when things kind of when the business when the business world kind of tumbled and then I realized hold on I'm in business <laughs> <laughs> these people are yeah
1: You're totally right, though. I think people in general, lowball themselves. Uh, I think that's I personally think that's one of the hardest things for an entrepreneur to do is to price themselves. I, I really, really do. And, and I think if you have the opportunity, and you can have somebody else do that for you, I think it's easier only because I think people in general have a really hard time putting the value on themselves that they should and and, I see and that, if right yeah, and if you're like me, you're just so grateful i was I was a very
2: grateful yeah. person I was you know yeah. working for yeah. some of the biggest companies in the world and i and I felt so much gratitude and I still do I still am always so delighted that i have I work with these big flower companies I mean they're lovely people and they produce the most beautiful products and I get to work with beauty, but um, it's, it's cause I'm coming out the other end and I think, well, you know, how much is this business worth? And, and you yeah. don't want the next person. See, it's funny. I didn't mind busting and working really hard and having a life of gratitude, but I don't want to give it to somebody else. I think I want that person to do a lot more with it. Right. So now it's a <laughs> funny feeling. I'm like, why do I feel that they should be doing that much better than I did. And I do. So I'm in a curious, I'm in a curious place right now. I'm like, I want to make, I want to sort of uh, liven up my business in the next five years so that when I do pass it on, it's, it's a bit elevated price-wise, I suppose. But yeah, I'll talk to you about that another day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For sure we will Uh, probably many times, but, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think you're totally right. I did the exact same thing. When you get started, you're just like, so excited that somebody wanted to hire you and let you take on what—it's so true. And the funny thing about it, I—I I always find this with—and it's just about every single business person I talk to, and they're so excited and they're almost like, I can't believe they're going to hire me. And but yet you know you can do this, you know you have the skills and you have the training and the education, all the things that go with it. But you're always still like, wow, they're going to hire me and that's so cool. <laughs> And I totally agree. I I see it all the time, all the time. And I, myself, I went through the same thing. Um, If you, if you could do it again, what would you do differently getting started? And knowing that you're in a very special market.
2: Oh, well, I don't, Per se I'd I would not change a lot of the structure I have, but I think I probably would have doubled my price. Truly. Yeah. Like from like like from then to now and had somebody helping me annually to review that sort of process. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's that simple really that uh maybe not double, but that would yeah. be about the only thing. And I have I have done a lot of adjustments over the decade. So um yeah. I've gotten smarter, but, you know, it's one of those things. Hindsight doesn't really help because you're so busy when you start your business, right? We were putting up a huge infrastructure. I had to build greenhouses and, and it's a, it's a different kind of game. Like it wasn't a, the revenue was a different type of, I wasn't selling a product. I, I have, um, you know, I was trying to gain clients. That was the early, early race to find people to hire us.
1: Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so sure.
2: what do you think so, I should have thought of, Kathy? Like what what kind of advice do you, you give know, young companies?
1: It's funny. I it's in your case, it is really one of those ones where you got to get in and get going on it. The valuing yourself and your time is the one that I see the most. And most people and I tell them, even in the even in the financial side, you know, the personal side is I see track your cash because most people don't understand where their money goes. And I I'm guilty of the same thing. When we started, um, we got going and and as you get going, like you're absolutely right. Your marketing, your networking, your reading, you're getting software updates, you're getting all that stuff that whatever you know, an office space, if that's the case, or printers, or, you know, in our case, it was a lot of software, but um, you're getting all this stuff in place. And then you've got, well, oh, I got to advertise, but how do I advertise? And do I average in our case, like, what, you know, do you advertise I, I don't, as you know, I don't do much <laughs> advertising at all. But um, you get going on that, and you start thinking, this is all great. But I forgot, I need to take an hour this week and just actually go through my cash flow. Because you see money coming in and money going out, you're thinking all is good, but you got to make sure that it's the right numbers and the right way you're doing. It. And that's what I found that I'm like, geez, I'm really bad at invoicing in terms of what to charge. I am re- I know I'm really bad at that in bookkeeping. I have always been really bad at that. And I know that. So I don't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually yeah. not allowed to do it anymore. Todd take, has taken it away and I'm not allowed to do it anymore because I've told Go him, Todd. Like, you know. I know. Right. Like I've, I confess, I told myself I am really bad at this and I can't really be trusted doing it. So, uh, because if it were up to me, I'd be working for free every day because I love what I do. And I'm like, I can't even, some days I'm like, I can't even believe people have to pay for this. Like they don't, they know how to do it themselves, but uh, that's, that's you know,
2: it's true. Right. like, Like I ended up having a sort of a coming, coming moment where, um, in the 2008, I guess, when the market sort of all shifted, I, I, um, all my clients merged. And so I went from having 20 clients to 10. And so then my work split in half overnight, and which was great in a way, because I was way too busy, right? But then suddenly, I was working just as hard, but not making enough money. And that's when I realized I had so much work at one point that my low prices, it didn't matter to me, because I had a lot of widgets you know and then when the widgets got divided that's when I woke up and went oh that first that widget was never priced properly because when I actually now you know it was an interesting process and so but you know you don't want people to go through that but it was about time like I should have known better I was working all the time.
1: You know what though I totally see that with with entrepreneurs and and frankly especially women because they're also usually the ones that are in charge of the children and the household and and I'm not saying that men don't contribute I'm just saying traditionally that's what I see is where the moms are the ones that are making sure they got lunch and getting to practice for whatever sport or music or whatever event that they've got to go to so you're so busy with that that it's it it is it is difficult
2: to yeah and you're right And that's also probably when Rowan was of that age, you you realize you're working all the time. You guys, you got a child that is, and that, and that's when your prices go up. Actually. It's funny. Maybe being female is like an advantage to some extent. Cause you realize, hold on here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it takes us a tiny bit longer, but when we get there, <laughs> yeah, really. men seem to be instantly like I'm worth this and I charge this right away. And I see that in their businesses and it, it's, it's it's interesting to me because i i think they have i don't know if it's more confidence or or what it is but the men that i see starting the businesses they are instantly right there and i'm like oh you're starting there already like you haven't got any history established <laughs> but
2: we have to, to drill out. into this idea right it's about um it's a privilege you know we talk about different types of privilege we are born with and and somehow men have a different type. It's not a privilege so much as it's just a, a different type of awareness. Yeah. It comes from that X or is it the Y, the X gene?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. You know, I've done I've done well. Like I um I love the great thing for sure is able to stay on the farm and raise, raise my son. And, um, I could do everything. I didn't, you know, there wasn't a day that I wasn't home. Although, <laughs> you know, there were some moments I remember when Rowan was really small, they wouldn't let him off the bus when he was in kindergarten, unless you were at the road. So there were some moments where I just didn't quite get to the road, you know, it was like watering a petunia or something. And that only happened once, but <laughs> they kept him on the bus. <laughs>
1: And you can see them from where you are.
2: Uh, <laughs> not the greenhouses. <laughs> not so far.
1: <laughs> oh, We yeah. are up to our third and final break of the night. So we're going to take our last break and then we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about um, what's going in the next chapter for Brenda and about your biking and your skiing. Cause I know you do a lot of biking. So <laughs> we'll talk about your, other extraordinary abilities (laughs) because it's pretty cool I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) how do you keep up but uh, yeah (laughs) Uh, don't go anywhere you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network I'm your host Kathy Cook Noble and our special guest Brenda Cole is with us and we will be right back.
0: Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking radio show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, Join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspireChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspire Choices Network I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and we have our special guest tonight, Brenda Cole, with us. Um, And we've been talking about, which I think is a very cool and fascinating business, uh, whether you're a plant lover at all, like I am, in a very uh, um, basic mode, (laughs) or if you're at a higher level of understanding, uh, I, I think it's absolutely incredible in business when people see the finished product and all the work and all the regulation and all the time that goes in behind it um like I mentioned before you go to the store and you buy your petunias or whatever and you think that's simple and easy people you know you just pick them up you take them home you plant them but the work that involved the people at the store or p- to have people like you grow them and get them to a you know get them to that point where they could sell them on mass I think is really really cool um uh, but w- other than that, because I know you work a lot, but you do have some pretty fun hobbies too. And uh, you've gotten into biking and I know you're, you're biking, you ski, but biking has really become a, a huge passion for you the last little while. So um, how are you finding that without that working into your business? Does that give you kind of a, a nice break where you come back, regenerated, re- rejuvenated, and you're ready to roll again on your business or what kind of how do you find that works into your business? Cause I know most entrepreneurs when they get started, they're 24 seven on their business and then they don't have anything else. And you've obviously, cause you've been there a while, but you've been uh, able to add a uh, more dimensions to your life.
2: Yeah. It's such a brilliant way that you phrase that because it certainly didn't happen when I, I didn't carry anything through my early business years. All I did was work and Of course, it's an age thing, right? At a certain point, you're like, hold on here. I'm not having any fun, you know? So um, the challenge, of course, is fitting in the hours, yet you need to do anything. So during June and late May, super big challenge to get any time on my bike. But um, I'm pretty much a 10 to 12 hour girl, like 12 hours on the bike every week in, you know, a couple hours a day, big long rides on the weekend. Now you're right. I just started it and I'm loving it. It's called endurance riding. I do long races, hundred K is a small race. And, um, it's, yeah, there's nothing like the feeling after a big long ride. I feel always cleansed and grounded again and, um, ready to go for sure. But it's only been three years, Kathy. So
1: <laughs> that's pretty good though. When you, when you look at how much time people spend in their businesses, like you're not just a nine to five Monday to Friday job. So I no. think that's pretty impressive. That's pretty cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So this year is the first year I've really lined up a pile of races for myself. So, and I do them purposely just to sort of challenge myself to see how I respond during the really busy season, because I don't know what you're like, but I always am curious when I get super stressed out. I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm taking on too much. I'm super stressed out. You know, you love to bike Brenda. So where are you going to find the space to sort of tap down that anxiety that you're not, you know? So uh-huh. I find, I find, that's what I find curious right now in trying to combine something I love with trying to keep my business rolling during a really busy period. Sometimes I have to obviously get off the bike.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes work calls. <laughs> there, what have we missed talking about that? Uh, we haven't talked about anything within our last two minutes that we should touch on.
2: Um, well, I know, you know, I'm, I'm curious about how to sort of, um, roll my business out so I can, um, you know, how, how to manage maybe passing your business on, how do you sell a business, that kind of stuff. But, but that's about a five-year plan out. But one of the things I know is when I say that out loud, it's a five-year plan that's important, you know, like I, I'm saying that for the first time and I know I need to sit down and and really make that happen so I'm I'm making a future after that yeah
1: succession planning is is sometimes very difficult a lot of times it's very difficult um and you know from my my past that uh the family business uh it didn't go well and it got really off track and uh now reality is kind of set in and um we're starting to have a legitimate succession planning conversation that really should have taken place 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> but who's counting?
2: <laughs> so the but five-year year plan,
1: really, yeah. I know, but really, that, that's what you want. Like, just even knowing that and starting the conversation, starting to think about it, is probably the biggest step. the The rest of it is, it, it can be very easy. It's just math and it's just a few numbers and planning that way. But it's the mindset that I think is the biggest part to succession planning. It really is. So, cause a lot of people, I mean, you started your business it's your baby and a lot of people look at it that way. Right. And really who could do it better than you? Nobody, nobody could do your business better than you right now. Not one person. So it's, it's, it's a process, but we are out of time oh my gosh so i'm yeah, super and excited
2: the, and the sun yeah. is setting i feel like i'm turning i know, darker darker I know. every second it's like Bye. i know
1: <laughs> it's starting <laughs> to change i know so thank you so much for joining us i am so happy that uh, i was able to convince you to do it <laughs> yeah no <laughs> it was really fun it's great. it's great having you here i really appreciate it um join us again every monday when we talk Up until
0: Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.